here we go. We are reviewing Raya and the Last Dragon, which is a Disney animated Animation Studios film. Not to be confused with Disney and Pixar, even though it's harder these days to tell the difference between those two because it used to be like Disney Animation Studios are the cartoon <laughs> 2D ones and Pixar are the 3D <laughs> ones, but now everything's the same. So that's where we're at. But this is Raya and the Last Dragon. Kirk, do you know who's turning this to Synops? Because I totally forgot. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll go ahead and do it because uh, I'm going to use my movie voice and I'm just going to read the IMDb uh, page if that's all right with you. Uh, go for it, sure. <clears throat> In a realm known as Kumandra, a reimagined Earth inhabited by an ancient civilization, a warrior named Raya is determined to find the last dragon. Find out more live on Disney Plus Premier Access. That's pretty good, man. I don't know why you're not getting paid to do that. It's it's chef's kiss. It's so good. Well, we're going to release this to Disney um, directly. Oh, uh, we are? Okay. Cassette tape, and I really, I'm going to, pinpoint i'm gonna fast forward right to that intro mm-hmm. and that way they can listen to me and then we can be their premier podcasters we'll just disney. give it we'll just give them a super cut of all your little lead-ins from every episode i think it would be a pretty good pretty good audition tape for you yep and then we'll we'll wrap it in all of your disney brackets that you've created and i think <laughs> we're shooing then we're there um <laughs> One quick note that I forgot to mention at the top of the show, you know, again, we're doing all these big changes. One of them is that our reviews are no longer spoiler free. Okay. So if you are going to proceed beyond this point, please know that there will be spoilers for Raya and the last dragon. We will be talking about everything that happens in this movie and potentially giving away some things. So if you're worried about getting spoiled, Get out now and go straight to Disney Plus, watch Raya, and then come back so you can get the full download from us. With that, let's dive in. Let's start with our superlatives, and then we'll deep dive into the movie a little bit. Kirk, who is getting your Oscar? Who was the best actor in this film? Okay, I went a little weird on this one. I like weird. Weird is good. I have chosen the young, the talented, 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 yeah, talented, the talented. (laughs) <laughs> the talented Isaac Wang. Yeah. Isaac Wang plays Boone. I think it's, I think it's Wong, but I, I could oh, be wrong right. about that. Well, Isaac. Yes. Isaac who plays Boone. Uh, we're on a first name basis. He has a chair in my studio. Um, I don't know about yours, but he's in mine. He's right over there. I'm out of chairs. Say, oh, you need a bigger room. You need a bigger room. <laughs> Mr. Boone. So this kid... um he plays just this, uh, this like ship, he, this like tiny child, uh, who's, uh, undergoing some s- obvious slave labor and he owns his own boat. He gives tours, he feeds them. He'll, I think at one point even like offers to like wash their clothes. Like <laughs> this kid needs to be adopted immediately out of, of poverty, but also he has such pure joy to serve people that when Raya and her gang uh, stumble onto the boat as they're racing away from Namari and her, her crew, it's just so, um, it's so electric. Uh, so, you know, as we go through the tropes of introducing new characters, it's very easy to be like, all right, now here's this person. They're going to help them achieve this goal. But Boone, there's just something completely different about him. And I think it comes strictly from the voice acting uh, of young Isaac, because 
there is a charm that you cannot teach people uh, in acting and in voice acting. And this kid has it all. I can see this kid. If you look at a picture of him, you're just going to, you know, that when he was in that studio recording, he was on fire. Um, <laughs> I love that animation, uh, animation studios often start to redraw the character once they have their actor, because they see them acting in the studio and recording. And that's when it really, uh, really connects. Like think Robin Williams, when you watch Aladdin, Oh, it, that is Robin Williams as the genie, you know? So I just can't say enough about him. I was glued to him the entire time and I was so excited uh, for, for every step of the way with him. So I don't know how old this kid is, but holy cow, look out. He is a firecracker. Loved him. Yeah. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. I, you know, I think it's, it's a smaller role, but he seals the show. I mean, he's, he's so good. I, I'll, I'll be talking about him later. There's a little tease for you. So I won't, oh. I'll save my thoughts for that. Um, but that's a good pick. My Oscar is going to go to Miss Aquafina, <laughs> who plays right. Sisu Datu, the last dragon. I have come to really love Aquafina over the last few years from her performances in um, Crazy Rich Asians, um, <clears throat> The Farewell, mm-hmm. Jumanji. I think she's just really great. I think she's got an amazing comedic flair. I think her timing is awesome. Um, but what, what I think sets her apart is people hire her for the comedy, but she wins because of how she's able to flip the switch and quickly segue from comedy into more serious, more, you know, poignant tone of voice. And, you know, doing that via voice acting is even harder because you don't get, you know, she is a super expressive person being someone with a comedic background. So she didn't even have the facial expressions to drive home the emotion. And yet she was the one kind of driving home those themes of trust and of, you know, respecting one another and, you know, giving people a chance and things like that. It wasn't Raya. Raya was the one being taken to school. She was the one learning the lessons and it was all being delivered by the dragon who, you know, in the trailers looks like, one of these bit parts <laughs> that Disney does with their, with their like sidekick roles, but it was so much more than that. And I thought Aquafina was the perfect choice. It's not because, you know, she transformed her voice so much, but it's that she gave such an honest performance and was able to, you know, when the, when the dialogue got serious and they were talking about like big macro themes about the movie to drive home the thesis of the movie, she was killing it and she was right there driving the boat. And so had to be Aquafina, even though Kelly Marie Tran was awesome too. Excellent. I was really worried, uh, as you say, like a bit part. I was horrified when they introduced her, thinking that it was going to be something a la Brave with the mom as yeah, the bear. And sure. I was like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> like, I was really quite scared uh, from the trailer and when it actualized in the film in real time, um, even to the point where when you first uh, when you first see her as the dragon, Aquafina, to my point again, like, you need to draw the animation like the actor because that's what really gives it life. It doesn't have to be, like, one for one uh, because then, of course, there's no artistry there, but you need to get some characteristics. So as soon as uh, they were able to make Aquafina into a real person when she grabbed the gem uh that was real that was where her storyline took off for me so aquafina fantastic choice nice and uh who have you got as your scene stealer kirk my scene stealer goes to miss raya 
uh, yeah, also Kelly, Marie Kelly Tran. Marie Tran. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was one that I was reluctant to choose uh, for many months before this movie came out because uh, as a uh, Degrassi fan, uh, there needs to be a hand symbol uh, for for Cassie Steele. Uh, you know, I stand with you, Cassie Steele. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I think that really the the movie had had some some crazy moments uh, where you can kind of like track like was that for was that for the other voice actress or was that for uh, Kelly Marie Tran? Uh, you can kind of see because we've seen Kelly Marie Tran in a couple of things now. We know that Cassie Steele has a full filmography as a teenager and plus, uh, and so there are moments in here where you don't know really quite what you're going to get. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a disconnect. However. Kelly Marie Tran does not sound like herself. And I have to say that when I can't understand what actor is voicing you, that's a big win, a huge win. So um, not that you have to disguise yourself so much because obviously Aquafina did not and she was fantastic. But really, if you can really disappear into the role and I can't pinpoint you without pulling up IMDb, well, there you go. You, you win it for me. Um, just some really, some really... Um, uh, nuanced uh, vocal work, some really uh, nothing over the top, no screaming, you know, no, when you're sighing on, on uh, a film that you're only your voice is available for and not your body, only the character's body. I just felt like what energy she put into it and matched it perfectly. So I, I just got to go with her. Love it. I love it. I think it's a great choice. I think she was really good and I didn't pick her for any of my superlatives and I was feeling a little guilty about that because she was so good. Um, but that's awesome. That's a great choice. For my scene stealer, I'm going, as I teased earlier, I'm going with Isaac Wong who played Captain Boone. I agree with everything you said, Kirk, and I think it's it's just so interesting to have a character like that who just immediately steals the show and has very little dialogue, but is like quickly the most beloved character. His delivery was so hilarious. He actually is the one driving my first hard laughs in the movie, not Sisu, who like we meet yes. her shortly before we meet Boone, but Boone is the first one that I remember watching and laughing out loud. Because um, when he's like, we got shrimp, we got kanji, we got a shrimp kanji that won't quit. Just it's the character animation <laughs> along with that voice is just so good. And when they're like, who's the captain of this ship? And he's like, oh, let me go get him real quick. And he turns around and does his hair. And he's like, Captain Boone at your service, chief financial officer of the shrimp port. Like, it's just, it was so money. <laughs> he just yes. owned that scene. And I was laughing out loud because it was, you knew what was coming, but it was so well done and so well delivered. It just really felt like that, that character was built around the person who was playing it. And I just loved every second of it. And um, my kid went to the Disney store the other day, Marshall, and bought a Captain Boone plush. And I was like, yes, that's so awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. One thing I'll say that is probably difficult, uh, you know, when you get into projects uh, of, of film and TV and you notice that there's a character that's going to be more a little bit more beloved, you can kind of develop them a little more. I feel like Boone was definitely underused and I, it's probably because of the pandemic. This this entire story, all of the writing communication uh, collaboration was done completely remotely. Is that is that correct? Yes. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then when you put that together, there might have been an opportunity to say, hey, listen, this actor who's playing Boone is really has this booming magnetic voice for being like a seven year old boy. And the character himself that we've written is actually a bigger deal. So let's let's extrapolate on that. And I feel like he gets his he gets his day, uh, you know, in the spotlight. But I really think they could have pushed it even more. Um, So maybe Ryan, the last dragon, too, will give us that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we could see it. it. It could be it could be possible. And I think, you know, like you said, with the pandemic and with the fact that they had a huge shakeup on the production side of this with, you know, switching out some voice actors, switching out producers, you know, like it got crazy there in the 11th hour of this movie. Um, you know, we, we, we probably may have lost some more time with Boone because of that. But regardless, the time we got with him was awesome. And uh, that's why he's my scene stealer, Isaac Wong. Okay, let's move into Showstopper, Kirk. What was the thing about this movie that knocked your socks off? My Showstopper is extremely specific for this film. Love it. Uh, It's, um, how how could I say it philosophically? Hold on one second. Uh, (laughs) The, I would say the, the reflection of innocence uh, is what I'd like to call it. Um, The reflection of innocence. So, at the beginning of the film, we see Raya as a tiny child and we're seeing her interact with her parents. Uh, uh, and what we, what the biggest thing to notice is that her father, uh, played by Daniel Day Kim, uh, I think his name is Benja. Yeah. Uh, Chief Benja. Yep. Chief Benja. He looks exactly like Daniel Day Kim. Uh, I mean, there, there's no, ex- uh, like Disney loves to do because it's, it's kids movies. They, they change the proportions of, of hands and faces and eyes and everything, which is perfect for kids movies. But in this film, most of the adults, the proportions of their face and their bodies are correct. Uh, they're to scale for the most part. But when you see the children, they're not. They have the big Disney eyes. They have the the re- even rounder faces. Uh, and I just think that showing that is very key to, to how how this story goes. Even when Raya, even when they age her up and Namari up, um, we still see them among all the other people. We still see their eyes just barely a little bit bigger, brighter, with, eye, with eyes like children. And that... Um, just that very that specificity uh, to add to the story on on hope on uh, a child's uh, seeing things through a child's eyes is was huge for me uh, and I noticed it right away and I kept looking at everyone's proportions throughout the rest of the the film so that's my showstopper. It's a great call. It's a really great call and a great note because I think to your point, the themes around this movie are largely about hope and about trust. And so you have to, in order to tell a story about trust, which is a hard thing to teach people. And I mean, they cover it from all angles. They talk about, you know, how like, um, you know, they indirectly talk about how we inherit distrust from our parents, how distrust goes back for generations and generations and how hard it is to trust somebody and how it takes somebody to give a sacrifice to, to instill trust in others, like powerful stuff. And it won't work unless you trust the characters and you see them in, in that light. So I think your call out is absolutely money. And I think I love the other, it's not my showstopper, but I also, another fact to your point is like, there is no human villain in this movie. 
They they kind of mm-hmm. they kind of act like there's going to be, and they kind of lead you down that path. But the real villain is a is a supernatural entity that is like what have they described it? It's the drone, and they're described as like being created through human discord. Um, it's a product of the distrust that we have in one another. But it's important in a movie based on trust that you have no human villain. And so they, I mean, they understood what they had to do to drive these themes home, and they they didn't miss any detail with it. To your point. So good call out. My showstopper is the art direction in this movie, which was phenomenal. I cannot overstate it. It was so good. First of all, the actual artwork on the characters was leaps and bounds better than any animated movie I have seen in recent memory. The character faces, the hair, everything was just, I don't know if they got new technology over at Disney Animation Studios or what, but it was clearly a step above anything we've seen recently from them, um, <clears throat> which would have, what would have even been the most recent? Would it have been Frozen 2? Is that the most recent Disney Animation Studios film we got? Yes. I think it is. And it was, I mean, from, from the first shot, I was like, whoa, those people look so real. The way that their faces moved whenever they talk, it mm-hmm. was crazy, but still stylized in that Disney way so that it's like, I say real. They were real in the way that they interacted, but they still looked like Disney cartoony people. I was blown away. Um, I actually saw a few months ago that Disney Animation Studios and Pixar won a um, achievement in art award for their hair modeling system that these um, computer engineers came up with. And man, it was working wow. overtime in this movie they've got a really bright bunch of engineers over there creating their development software because it just looked incredible. And also the lighting in this movie, the lighting in the animated movie was so great. They were using it in all kinds of different creative ways. Um, especially during the fight sequences of which there were actually many in this movie, which was a nice change of pace for Disney animated studios film. And, Finally, the aesthetic, the color palettes that they chose were extraordinarily unique. They used tons of different textures. They were really smart in creating this world where these there's these five different regions that have very different like climates and types of people who live there. I, it just created a really dynamic and beautiful film to watch, and I, I thought it just killed. I just, I mean, I just. From, from beginning to the end of the movie, I was like, man, they just absolutely blasted the artwork out of the park. It's not even close. And he layered yeah. on to that, the fact that most of this was done remotely, if not all of it, unbelievable. Truly, like, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, I think that's why I was a little worried about this film, because it did look so different from everything else we've seen. Every other Disney animation movie studio is very bright, and this one is not bleak, but it it's very orange and brown and, and purple. Uh, yeah, they're using these like deeper hues. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, I was worried that this would be their their next uh, big flop uh, after Chicken Little. You know, that's that's really the last. <laughs> that's the bar. <laughs> that's, that's a low bar, bar dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was worried. I was like, oh, it's gonna be just like this is Chicken Little the sequel. But no, it was it was very uh, very engaging, very exciting to watch. Yeah. For sure, I agree. Um, all right, director shoes. What would you? What are your notes? What would you change, or what would you tell them to change? So uh, this story kind of loses its loses its edge. Uh, I will say that. I don't think the story was original enough. Uh, the, uh, oh man, the 
the imagery was unique enough, but I mean, we, we've seen it before, you know, the very opening of this was Moana part two, uh, the, the exact same type of, uh, storytelling. Uh, and to be fair, it's, it's, uh, also, um, you know, Southeast, uh, Asian culture, you know, so that's fair, but you know, you just released Moana within the past, uh, the past decade. So, that I could have, I could have done something different. Uh, I could have personally, I could have written it myself and produced it, acted it, the whole thing. I also think that we've got a little bit of infinity uh, stones. We've got a little bit of the trolls blueprint, the trolls world tour blueprint of here's all these different things. They're all separate and unique in their own way. And this is a certain, uh, you know, we've got talent, we've got Fang, we've got um, heart, we've got, tail you know those things they're i mean they're the infinity stones they really are like let's put let's put the dragon back together to unlock the mystery i i mean there's more to it than that but it felt very much like that in my eyes so i feel like they were they were close it's just too recent to do that uh that it just felt too too familiar and disney is always the king of making things uh, brand new um, or taking that, but really spinning it on its head and making you think that you're walking down one path and then jarring to the left. Yeah, sure. Um, we'll have some big disagreements on that when I go into my <laughs> overall thoughts, but that's good. I think that it's, it's good that we have disagreements because it, it makes for a more interesting discussion. Uh, but I, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there in terms of the infinity stones. Like, this is Disney's in game, you know, like it's, they're doing the same thing, right? Like they're going around, they're collecting the stones. There's a reason they have to have all of them, etc. It's, it is that blueprint. Um, my director shoes is that, and this is, this is an interesting one for me and it's nitpicky to an extent, but at times the dialogue felt forced. But what's interesting is that it wasn't the serious dialogue. It was the like, lighthearted funny dialogue that sometimes you're like, eh, you're, you're forcing it a little too much. Like, especially I think that initial conversation between Namari and yeah, like young Namari and young Raya where Raya's like, who would want to wear this on the regular? Like they're saying things that I'm like, ah, it, seems, it feels a little forced. I know you're trying to relate to kids. So like, I see that, but there were just like little small talk moments where I was like, this needs more polish. It's mm -hmm. like, this isn't terrible, but like, let's spin up three, four, five more concepts for this interaction and see where we land because I think that they didn't fully flesh those out. I think the parts where they were talking about the serious stuff were super, like, was super well written. Like, there's that one conversation between Raya and Sisu where they're kind of like exploring their differences, and, and Raya's like, the world is broken. You can't trust anybody. And Cece's like, maybe the world's broken because you can't trust anybody. Like that was a great line. And one that I was like, Hey, kids movie, let's go. This is, <laughs> this is well done. I was not expecting that left hook. Um, but the, it was the, it was the other parts. It's almost like they thought the, the chitter chatter might be a little bit easier. And so they let their foot off the gas a little bit or something. I'm not really sure, but that's my, that's my one note. It was, it was, it was a little too noticeable for me. Like I shouldn't be picking up on stuff like that. And I was, so that's my one critique there. And then we're ready now for our final thoughts and scores. 
I need a graphic uh, to unveil my, oh, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's front and center here. I will say that I dipped in and out of sleep here at the, at the end of the film. I will, I will admit that. Um, all, um, I'm not ashamed to say that. I really, really did think this movie lost its steam and became too much of a blueprint at the latter half of this, even with all of the fun action that was very different from what we've seen before. So it's very simple for me to score this. It's not the best uh, that we've seen Disney at, but it's 100% not the chicken little. So I'm going to give this 6.5 kernels out of 10. Wow. That is a low score <laughs> by my by my <laughs> assumption, but that's good. Let's be different. Let's have let's have a difference of opinion. So, here's what I would say about this movie. Um, you know, I hear your thoughts about um, how it's how it's a blueprint, and I would counter with the fact that I actually think this might be, and this is not hyperbole. I truly believe this. This might be the most original Disney Animation Studios movie ever created, and here's why. If you look back at everything that Disney Animation Studios has done, it's all adaptations of pre-created materials. Lion King was based on Hamlet. You know, uh, Frozen's based on whatever, the Ice Queen, even though they changed that story a ton. Even Moana, based off of, you know, Polynesian folk tales. If you go back through the list, there are very few things that are actually original world bending world building source material um i think wreck it ralph is on that list which is an original concept for sure but like not something that people haven't thought about before and so when i look at this and i look at the fact that they created a world they created a world that had all these different regions and different textures and colors and the 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 design the character design was different and the costumes were different i'm looking at this saying wow they you know while using some tropes that are common, which is, you know, that happens, they created something really original here, which is something that Disney doesn't usually do. They like to take stories that are surefire wins and then, you know, adapt them in the Disney way. So I was pleasantly surprised by that. And I was like, hey, I'm ready to explore this world of Kumandra a little bit more. I think, um, I don't know where they would go with a sequel, but maybe they could do a prequel. I know Raya wouldn't be in it or anything, but... I think there's opportunity here within this world. Maybe they spin up a Disney Plus series or something like that. I really think they've created something special. And I thought that the mm. movie thematically was strong. I thought I thought the art was unbelievably, mind-blowingly awesome. And so, um, I don't know. For me, this is a really good movie. And, and I've been debating how high I go with it because I really loved it so much. It, it was one of those things where I like turned it on kind of expecting to like it. Like I like all Disney movies, but not love it. Um, because I just didn't really know what it was. And then I loved the fact that I didn't know what it was. So I have been teetering between a couple of scores, but I think I'm going to give this a 9.6 out of 10. I thought it was so good. I, wow. I hope we see more of it. I hope they do it right. If we're going to see more of it, but I think, Kudos to them for making a project that was just very different from the typical mold for them, and they took the art to the next level. So for me, it's a 9.6 out of 10. Woo! So, wow, we are, is. this is good, Kirk. We're, we're broadening our horizons. We've had a couple big disagreements in a row here. Though I know Tom and Jerry, we both knew, we both said that movie sucked, but... <laughs> um, 
Nomad Land. We had a big point discrepancy there, and we had a big point discrepancy here. So it's good. Let's add a little spice to our life. We did, and I promise. I promise you, we do not compare scores before this. We do not compare no. notes, listeners, new and old. Um, That's probably the reason our scores are so similar most of the time because we like <laughs> don't know where we're going to land. And I feel like if I saw your score beforehand and it was similar to where I was going to go, I'd be like, "I'm bumping mine down." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would do something. Sure, sure. Yeah, so that is our review of Raya and the Last Dragon. Once again, you can check that film out on Disney+. Plus. Um, if you ask me if it's worth the $30, I'd probably say yes. Kirk sounds like he might say, let's wait until it hits Disney Plus regular uh, subscription, which is fine as well. But let us know your thoughts on this movie. I think it's a really interesting case study and a really, I don't know, I mean no matter what movie, creating a movie in a pandemic remotely is an incredible thing. So kudos to them. Um, but that is our review. Let's move into our game, which, what did you say this game is called, Kirk? This is called Cam and the Last Dragon. Oh my Lord. Okay. Let me, let me, hold on. Let me get mentally prepared for this. And let mm. me also put a I'd little like music. Some music. Yeah, yes. Let's do it. Yes. How's that? All right, uh, I think we're ready now. Uh, are you ready? I don't right, know. I'm a, scared. How do how do I play? <laughs> this is a two-parter. This is a two-parter. There's a warm-up to this, and then it gets crazy. Okay, are right, you ready? Let's get crazy. Let's get nuts. All right, here we go. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tell you some movie titles, Cam. Okay. And I'm going to. You need to put the word dragon in it. I need to put the word dragon in it. Yes. These are real titles. These are real movie titles. <laughs> And they have the word dragon in them. Okay. I'm okay. going to read you everything but the, the dragon part. Are you ready? I Again, think this so. is the warm up. <clears throat> Raya and the last dragon. You did it. Look <laughs> at you. You are a pro. Okay. Look at you. All right. I feel okay. I feel all right right now. Pete's dragon. Dragon. You did it. Is it Don't every time just going to be you pausing and then I say dragon and then I win? Well, this is the first half of this game. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Next. Let's go. Kiss of the... Dragon? Yes. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> you are an absolute genius. I'm Can so you believe confused. this? Who would have guessed that Cam would have gotten four out of four just like that? Wow. Okay, this one's tricky. Okay, ready. Blank eyes. Dragon eyes. That, that is correct. <laughs> yes. I'm crushing this. Ladies and gentlemen, how does he do it? And the last part of our warm up. Oh, this is crouching. still the warm up. Crap. This is still the warm up. <laughs> the last part of the warm up. Crouching tiger. Hidden, Hidden dragon. Oh, man. You finished it before I could yeah. even get you the. I jumped the, the gun. Hand. I want to show off a little bit, flex my muscles a bit. Okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. Now it gets tricky. Mm -hmm. Because the flip side of that is I give you only the word dragon and you must guess what film it is. How is that even possible? <laughs> it's not. I'll give you a clue with each one. Okay. Are you ready? Um, sure. <laughs> just think back to all the wins you just had, Cam. Yes, uh, I will try. this wonderful game. Here we go. <clears throat> Blank. Dragon. Your clue is Mr. Scott Wolf. Scott Wolf. The actor. Wolf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was an 80s film. 
Red blank. Dragon. That is incorrect. Dang it. It's older. Much older. Oh, I don't know. Think of think of twins. Think of martial arts. Think of Scott Wolf. I th- nothing comes to mind when I hear the name Scott Wolf. Oh, man. Not even a little bit. The answer is Double Dragon. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. You don't know Double Dragon, Ken? No, I don't know Double Dragon. Is, it's is one of the greatest. It's it's a fantastic. Well, I don't know if it was a cartoon first or if it was automatically always martial arts, but it is a fantastic uh, just uh, romp uh, of uh, of twins who have powers of, of strength and might and will. Well, you're renting that this weekend. Okay, you ready? Here we go. It has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it, it's yeah. not totally surprising that I haven't seen this movie. No, no. No, it's it's absolutely film gold. Okay, are okay. you ready for your next one? I guess. <laughs> Here we go. Blank, 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 blank. Dragon. <laughs> your clue. Oh, Lord. <laughs> your clue is... It is a it is an award winning cartoon. How to Train Your Dragon. You did it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I should have led with that one as the example, not. Uh, yeah, not Scott Wolf. <laughs> I'm not watching that movie. You can't make me. No, you need to. I once, <laughs> I once sat approximately six feet away from Scott Wolf. I could. Oh. I could have stood up and shook his hand, and I should have. It would have changed the course of my life. Um, but I didn't, and here I am. Yeah. It did change the course of your life for the worst. It did. But then I wouldn't be here playing Cam and the Last Dragon. <laughs> your next one. <clears throat> Blank. I'm sorry. I take that back. Your next one. Dragon. Blank. Blank. Dragon, your clue. Blank, blank. Okay. Your clue is Super San. Dragon Ball Z? That is correct. It's Super Good Saiyan, job. Kirk. Come on. Oh. It's... <laughs> if you're going to pander, at least do it right. That's not a well, movie. I mean, there are oh. movies. Exactly. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I'm just summing them up because if I were to like get into like the really specific <laughs> like eight-word yeah. title after the colon, we'd be here all night. We would. We'd be here we all would. night. Sure. And to close out our game, okay. if you're prepared for it, Cam. I am. Super sweet and simple, uh, this this one here. <clears throat> I'm so <laughs> scared. Correctly. Blank, 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 blank. Dragon, blank. Okay. Your clue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me give you the blanks again. No, I blank, got it. Blank. It's five blanks before, one blank after. I got it, I got it. Uh, four, I may have given you too many. Blank, 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 blank. blank. Four. Dragon. Oh, yeah. I counted dragon. That was my problem. And then blank. Got blank. It. Got it. Your clue is Daniel Craig. Oh, oh, oh. Um, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Cam Wiggs. Crushed Fantastic it. Fantastic job. Crushed it. Wow. What a, what an experience that was. Thanks for the game, Kirk. I liked the first round better where, like, <laughs> you just said everything, and then I just had to say dragon. That made me feel really good. Right. I guess next time I'll flip it. Next time we play Cam and the Last Dragon. No, it's okay. You don't need to pander. I can. I'm a. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. I can handle it. But I will say, my game performance is usually pretty terrible, and 
the fact that I only missed Double Dragon, which is apparently a terrible movie, is um, it, not. That yeah. is not a terrible movie. The critics got it wrong. Got <laughs> the it critics wrong. were dead wrong. Hey, that happens. That happens. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we got. For those of you who have been watching us on the stream, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be doing more of this. We'll get better at it. We've got more things that we can try to do here. Um, you know, we, you know, first time on Twitch, Facebook Live, and YouTube Live simultaneously. So we want to thank you guys for being there. If you liked this video and watching along with us, uh, feel free to subscribe and also comment. We want to make you guys a part of the show as much as possible. So thanks for that. Um, We've got a lot of big things coming. We've got Zack Snyder Justice League. We've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're back in the studio this weekend for Spilled Popcorn, where we'll be di- we'll be diving into the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you want to catch that series, you can either listen to it next Monday morning on the podcast, or you can watch it on Monday on YouTube. That's where you'll be able to find it. Um, a couple of things real quick as we wrap up the show. Um, just want to thank you guys for listening in. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs. Our original music is by a band called Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check the description for all those details. And you can connect with us on Discord as well. Um, if you like this episode, please feel free to like, subscribe, comment, rate, or review. And if you need more PFB content, you can find everything we've ever done at popcornthenumber4breakfast.com. But we will see you guys next time. Talk to you then.